to LOA Today. I'm Walt Kaysen. With me today is our own pianist in residence, Sam Page. This is your Daily Dose of Happy. We are so happy you decided to join us today. Indeed we are. And uh, once again, we're happy to have Sam here, partly because we can hear him, which is yeah, a nice glad change. To be back. Glad yeah, glad to be back. Nice to actually know what you're saying. I mean, it was, it was, it was, you, you, your mouth would open and nothing would come out because the mic wasn't working properly. But yeah, you got yourself a new phone and it sounds good. So welcome, welcome back to being alive on the on the show. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I've never felt more alive. <laughs> That's right, absolutely. And our special guest joining us today is Brad Carlson. Brad's a he, well, he's a health and wellness coach. And uh, he he has gone through the, the same kind of thing many, many of our guests have gone through, many of our co-hosts have gone through. You, you have that, that really rough thing that you, you encounter in your life, and then you have a moment of decision, and you decide, how am I going to respond to this? And the ones who end up on the program are the ones who decide to respond in a way that actually helps move things forward, uh, usually in a big way. And that's no less true for our guest. His name is Brad Carlson. And uh, Brad, first of all, thanks for joining us on the program. And second of all, give us a little little three-minute version of your story. Well, absolutely. Thank you so much, Walt and Sam, for having me here today. Really, really appreciate the opportunity to speak with your listeners. Yeah, a quick three-minute preview of my story. I always like to say I'm, I'm your classic couch potato, overweight, lethargic. <laughs> No, no drive, no desire in life, no direction, no anything, no knowledge too. I should point that out. I had no idea about nutrition. I had no knowledge of exercise. I mean, nothing. And I didn't have money to hire a coach or anything like that. And I just became your classic couch to 5k and went through a whole bunch of stuff to be able to do a 5k. And then I just kept on going from there and things just kind of started to fall into place. And and here I am 13 years later, I, I lost, you know, the 50 pounds, I've kept it all all off and I'm a marathon runner and I've just done all kinds of things and now a published author and speaker, podcast host, all of that stuff. So yeah, it, it started that one day when I just looked at myself and I said, I got to make a change and, and here we are. That's the way it always starts. Got to make yeah. a change. I, I'm not happy with what's going on with X right now. Yeah. And once we make that decision, then all kinds of cool things happen. And you actually, you, you wrote something in, in your profile that I really like. You said that you discovered that weight loss had nothing to do with weight loss. Yeah, yeah. It's not a weight loss journey at all, as I've discovered. It has nothing to do with... <laughs> It has nothing to do with losing weight, so to speak. It's a journey of self-discovery is what I've learned about who you are and who do you choose to be. And the byproduct of that is always losing weight. So I chose to be this thing called healthy. And that led, that opened a door, a Pandora's box, so to speak, of learning about exercise, learning about healthy eating, uh, learning about mindset, learning about spiritual connection and everything. And the byproduct of all that has been keeping, losing the weight and keeping it off. I never, once I realized that, I never even thought about losing weight or even keeping it off anymore. That was never even part of the, the mission anymore. It's all about self-discovery and going deeper in who you are and, and all of that stuff. And definitely, that's what we're all about is the self-discovery. So what did you discover? Who I am. 
Yeah. So, so in a nutshell, I discovered that I am this person, this thing called healthy. That's something that really resonates within me. And I always like to give this example because that's what I coach and I ask other people, you know, what was your point B that you chose? And, you know, a good friend says, I am thriving. That is my point B is to thrive. Another one said to stand and rise. Another one said to choose life, you know, over all these other things. So it's what you choose in your life. That's the pivotal decision that you'll make is what you choose. And then why you chose that particular choice. So yeah, for me, it was all about, I just, I made this decision one day and that's, that's a whole nother podcast probably, Uh, (laughs) but I just made this decision to be healthy and everything else just has fallen into place ever since and have never looked back. And yeah, it has nothing to do at all. If I could stress anything with losing weight, it's, it's not about that at all. So let's talk about what it is about. It's about discovering who you are. And how do you go about doing that? I mean, let, let's go right back to the beginning. Okay. So you, you made the decision, you decided you wanted to just change what you were seeing in the mirror. What, what came next? Oh my gosh. Where, where to start that journey? Uh, it, it started, let me, so about three years into the journey, I always tell this part of the story. I was in the middle of a divorce sitting on my couch uh, and my dog would not come over to me like literally he came over sat down looked at me like you're a total loser dad and then he turned around (laughs) this is true story yeah my dog and he turned around he went back to his bed on the fireplace and just sat there and stared at me and you know dogs are really good about picking up on energy and vibrations and I, i i don't know how it happened but at that moment it's like the the universal two by four hit me over the head i just had this awakening that what we focus on we become And I realized at that point in my life, I had focused on everything that I did not want in my life. You know, I did not want to be a couch potato. What was I? I was a couch potato. I did not want to live paycheck to paycheck. What was I doing living paycheck to paycheck? I did not want to be this uptight, grumpy husband, father, all that. Well, what was I? I was uptight, grumpy, all all that stuff. And so in that moment, that was the pivotal moment that I chose to be healthy. From that moment forward, I wanted to dedicate my life to being healthy and being the person that I wanted to be in the world. And so I spent, you know, several years learning about that. And now my objective is to teach others what I've learned. But it's not an easy decision to make. Sorry. It's an easier decision to make than it is to implement. That's what I was going to try to say. So yes, you make a decision and then then what comes next? And that's the thing. Yeah. So if you, if you're looking at your life, you're, you know, you can say, okay, this is where I am right now. This is my, I call it your point A. Now, what is your point B? That point B has to come from the heart. Who, who, what is this grand vision you have of yourself? And that was, that was actually, and I kind of did it in the reverse order. That was the second decision I made. The first decision I made, which gets into what you're just talking about, well, about, you know, how do you implement this is you have to be grounded in a why. Why do you want to do this? You know, and it, it, I went through some experiences in my life. You know, part of it was divorce. Part of it was losing weight, gaining weight, losing weight. I thought it was all about losing weight in the beginning. I really did. And so that's what I was focused on. That's what I was trying to do. And I I did it. I lost it, did it, lost it. And I didn't understand anything. It was just all trial and error. And then one day I just had another epiphany that says, you know, I just asked myself, why am I doing this? Why am I exercising? Why am I busting my butt in, in my home gym? Now, why, why am I doing any of this? And the answer that came to me was that if I take care of my mind, body, and spirit, my mind, body, and spirit will take care of me. Ooh, nice. That, that, that became the higher meaning and purpose. So I talk about, so anything, 
everybody in their life has a reason why they're doing what they're doing. You know, as a health coach, I've heard tons of what I call external reasons. Oh, I want to lose 30 pounds to fit in a dress. I want to lose 30 pounds to have more energy to play with my grandkids. That's, these are great reasons. I'm not saying that these are, these are great, sure. but they're not sustainable. They won't last because they're not coming from you. I told one person the other day, I said, you know, that's great. You want to lose this weight to be with the grandkids, but what if you lost this weight for yourself? And she had never thought of that. She said, oh, you know, kind of like that. So it has to come from something internal within that underlying motivating factor. That's how you implement it. And so you literally have to sit down and ask yourself, why am I doing this? And and let, let if I can say this here, law of attraction, let the universe answer that question for you. Uh, don't try to don't try to think of an answer. Don't try to go in your head and say, "Well, I'm doing it." For, you know, you're you're going to start to get a headache. But just throw that question <laughs> out there. Let it come to you. It'll come to you like sometimes immediately, sometimes a day or two or three days, and you'll know it's the right reason because you'll just feel that vibration, that that inner that inner peace, that inner knowingness, that inner just your. We talk about energy. You can get energy from exercise and nutrition, all that. That's definitely true. But you get the most energy from understanding your why and being in alignment with your your higher calling, your higher meaning and purpose. Uh, all of that. When you do that, your energy is off the charts. So that's how I was able to implement it is I understood my why and then I had made that choice to be healthy. And those two things have been a very powerful driving force to this day. And so anyone that's, that's, yeah, look at what you want to be in your life, your point B, and then why do you want to be that? And one of my manuals, I, I take them through an exercise, the five levels of why, how to determine what your why is. You got to get to the real heart, heart of your why to, to, to be able to implement it. I love this. And it's making me think of something where my co-host is concerned because uh, Sam's a pianist and oh, he, nice. he, he's developing his career as a pianist. And so, Sam, I got to ask you about this. What, as Brad is describing this, have you actually sat down and asked yourself why you wanted to be a pianist? In my case, not necessarily. That would be worth doing because it's just been something that's been natural for me. I've been playing since I was five or six. And I think just recently, I've like, as I've kind of grown in my spiritual journey, um, I, I mostly just play improvised numbers. And it's almost like a form of kind of like channeling my inner source energy or whatever you want to call it. And um, just, and I had like my first paid piano gig in. A few, since before the pandemic earlier this year and I actually just recorded some things in a studio for the first time ever um, about a month ago and just figuring out what, to, what I want to do this and I think like for me it's just like I know this is what I have to offer the world and so I definitely want to put it out into the world for people to enjoy and then let it do for people what it does for people um, that's but I, I, I probably, probably could stand to go deeper there now that you mention it <laughs> Because you love it so much, that's what made me think you must have done it at some point, but apparently not. I mean, it, I probably it's have. one of those, it's one of those really obvious things that it's so obvious we don't even do it, right? Exactly. I'm sure I've, I'm sure I've had like in, in segments, like I could probably put together a in, internal monologue I've had over the years as to the why of it all, just from bits and pieces, but I can't think of anything con concrete at the moment, but neurodivergent. So who knows? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to jump in real quick. You actually already said it, Sam, and I could tell. <laughs> so 
when you were talking, I, I felt the, the energy, the vibration. Like I got goosebumps when you talked about this part of, of channeling my inner source, my inner energy. And when you said that, your whole facial expression changed. And those yes. are the cues that I look for. Your tone of voice changed, your facial expression. That, that's your why right there. You know your why. And now your byproduct of that, as you said, is bringing it to the rest of the world. So congratulations. That's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And he yeah. does it very well, by the way. He's a very oh, good pianist. Yeah. <laughs> In fact, that's one thing I'm looking forward to. I, I, I have to ask you, it's sort of like an aside. Have we gotten to the point now where we're going to find a way to be able to record your piano so it sounds really, really good? Because you I, sound really good, but the piano doesn't always match up to that. So I want to, I want to have, you know, the world hear what you actually sound like. Right. Well, I, from like my little home recordings, I have a microphone, which that seems to help now, um, when I remember to use it, but I did record in a professional studio about a month ago. So there, that'll come, that'll be out there eventually. Ah. Uh, have some things to figure out though, but try not to hammer. I just kind of allow it to come together and to place at the right time. <laughs> and so let, let me ask you, Sam, this is great. Like kind of to coincide with, with health coaching. Does anyone have to force you to play the piano or does it <laughs> feel like work or any of that? No. So you're very naturally aligned. And so that's, that's another great source of energy. You're very net, you're in alignment with, you know, really why you were put on this planet to be a, to be a piano player, to channel that inner source of energy. And it just comes naturally. So you can't force this journey. That's what, that's the alignment part that I was talking about. And when you do that, people talk about you need discipline. Do you, you just naturally play the piano. You don't have any discipline. There's no one cracking a whip over you play the piano. No, you just do it. It comes naturally. And that's, what people have to do they have to align with that inner that inner energy that inner north star that inner guidance heart and then the rest of the journey just comes naturally and you want to do it that's how you make it sustainable and so you chose to be this thing called piano player this thing called pianist i chose to be this thing called healthy well we haven't picked your brain yet but you've chosen to be this thing called podcaster to a degree but it's what you're choosing to be and when you're in alignment with that that choice in your heart everything else just like, like Sam, you're a perfect example. I mean, it just comes naturally. It does. I believe that's the case too. Like it took me a while to get there a little bit, but yeah. <laughs> well, it does take a while because it takes a while to get to know yourself. Right. I mean, that's, that's really what it's all about there. Yeah. Yeah, it is about, yeah, all, all, every journey, whether your point B is to be healthy like me or to be an entrepreneur or a podcast host, a pianist, it's all about self-discovery, discovering who you are, that person that you are. And in my case, I'm, I'm healthy and a health coach and Sam is a pianist and a piano player. And then we both share and Walt, you're a podcast host. That's who you've chosen to be. And then we all share our unique gifts with the world. And that's, that's the higher meaning purpose too, taking what you know and then and then giving the gift of, of love, health, and happiness, as I call it, or the gift of music, whatever your gift is, yeah. I think a big component of this is the love, the joy, the passion, the excitement that surrounds whatever the X is for us. I mean, sure. Sam's, Sam's X is music, right? It's the piano, right? Uh, and, and Brad's is, is not, well, start off with the weight loss, but now it's basically helping other people to actualize themselves. It's yeah. My my whole mission in life now is to is to be a source of love, health, and happiness for others, and help them discover their own true purpose and calling, and and their own their own love, health, happiness journey. And there's a feeling associated with that. Oh yeah, yeah, I yeah, I, yeah. You can see I smile, I radiate, I get goosebumps, <laughs> just like Sam when you talk about playing the piano. Yeah. 
uh, just it's, like you and, and this whole podcasting journey, Walt. Yeah. I, well, it, it's the only thing that really kept me doing the podcast. If it wasn't for the joy of that, I probably would have stopped about 1,600 episodes ago. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the same... That's the same with the weight loss. People try to force themselves to exercise and all this. Yeah. There's no joy in it. So one of the principles is you've got to find the joy. I mean, everything, everything in life to a certain degree revolves around your health. If you're, if you don't have your health, everything else kind of goes by the wayside. You're not able to interact with your grandkids or perhaps play the piano if you're bedridden or, you know, everything starts around your health. So I really try to stress to people, make that one of the top three priorities of your life and, you know, work with someone to find your higher meaning of purpose, to find that joy. You know, you don't have to go to a gym. Everyone thinks they have to go to a gym. You don't have to. You can do it in nature. You can find a swimming pool somewhere. I mean, something, something that brings you great joy, but it's ultimately, yeah, finding that higher meaning and purpose. And then just let the, let the how part show up. My wife actually hones in on this particular point a lot. She's not an exerciser. Mm -hmm. And whenever she sees somebody, we're out together, she sees somebody who's running. She says, have you ever seen a, a happy runner? And I actually have. I saw one, one time. This is a young lady who was running along. She had the smile on her face, the wind in her hair. I mean, she was just out there having a great time. But I have to agree with my wife. Most of the people are like, I'm going to get through this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, even for me. So I teach a slow, easy, sustainable method where we tap into your joy and we we don't focus on high intensity. I mean, that's that we do, but that's very rare once in a while, once or twice a month. The vast majority is what I call slow, easy Slow, easy movement. Slow, easy movement because? Because it's fun. Uh, it's sustainable. Uh, it leaves you feeling, oh, you know, that wasn't so bad. I want to come back again yeah. versus trying to force your way through it. And then the slow, easy movement, you know, it could be whatever whatever you find fun. For me right now, stand-up paddleboarding, that's one of them. Swimming, it's summer, mm -hmm. so going swimming at the local swimming holes. Um, those are two awesome activities. It's just about, it's not about exercising. It's about moving your body in the, in the ways that it was naturally designed to move. Your body was designed to bend, jump, twist, reach, stretch, grab and pull, push and pull, you know, all this stuff. So it's just incorporating that into your everyday, your everyday life. So there's an infinite number of ways to do that. So I've got a walking for health program on my website that, that does just that. That's one example. So sure. Yeah, my, well, that's my favorite form of exercise, walking as, as many days in the week as I can. I go out and I actually miss it. I mean, you get to the point where you, you do it so much and you do enjoy it that you, your body says, what are you doing inside? You need to go outside. <laughs> I call that the effortless effort stage when you get to the autopilot stage. Yeah, when your body just takes over and, and craves that walking or whatever movement. But yeah, mm -hmm. when it just craves that, kind of like that. Some people have that, you know, they can't start their day without that morning cup of coffee or whatever. So, yeah, I can do without the coffee, but uh, I definitely can't do without the walk. Yeah, <laughs> just yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, you're at that stage now. That's awesome. I've been doing that one actually longer than I've been doing the podcast. So it probably plays into it somewhat. That's wow. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, I, I recognized early on I needed to do something because I, I, I'm not really an athletic person. So I needed to do something to get myself going, get myself moving and walking pretty easy. So I figured, well, I'll give that a shot. And once again, I found that I enjoyed it. It's kind of like with the podcast, with the podcast, I started the podcast because, um, my, my business got wiped out by the 2008 financial crisis. Oh. And I went deep in debt. And by 2012, I was, you know, basically 
starting for oxygen. I was in such bad shape. And I started the podcast because I couldn't afford to hire a coach. You mentioned something like that. I couldn't, I couldn't even afford a book on how to, to self-coach. I couldn't afford anything. But I figured I could start a podcast. And I could get people on as guests and they could teach me, which worked beautifully. <laughs> and then the thing that came along with that was that I loved doing the podcast. And that's that, the, the, the first reason that gave me like 100 episodes. The second reason, the fact that I loved, that gave me the other 1,600. Yeah, yeah, because it's something you love to. I'd love to pick your brain someday about all the guests you've had and what are, what are some <laughs> of the things that you've learned. I can't. I, I'm finding that too as a podcast host. Like I'm learning all this incredible stuff from experts all over the world. I mean, I right. health and wellness, uh, you know, doctor um, in New Zealand, and then you know, a life coach expert in Canada. It's just crazy. Yeah, you 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 hit the magic formula. Well, interview the experts, and it's yeah, it doesn't cost you anything. <laughs> and, and, and you make friends, which is the other yeah. good thing. You make yep. really cool friends this way. Yeah, so yeah. I, I yeah, mean, I, my own social I, circle has expanded tremendously. And and the best part is you're you're tying in because you're doing it with something that you love, you're tying in to other people you're going to resonate with. Mm-hmm. That's right? a huge part of it right there. Yeah. Yeah. You're meeting like minded people and that strengthens your vibration and, and all of that. So yeah, the the cool thing is I've got, you know, one of my future goals is to do a, a optimizing health and wellness or health and energy type summit and use some of these connections I've made through hosting my own podcast. You know, one is in France, one is in Australia, one's in North Carolina, one's in Singapore, one's in Canada, all all these crazy places. So very nice. You, you also mentioned something in the story that you told, and, and it was it was an amusing uh, bit, but it also made a point. It was the story about how um, you were sitting on the couch and the dog wouldn't even come over to you, right? And the obvious question that comes after that is, well, after you start doing stuff, did the dog come back? I imagine the dog. Did oh yeah, back. yeah, he's yeah. oh yeah, he's my best friend. Unfortunately, he sure. passed about two years ago, and oh, I have another yeah. dog now, and she's she's just as awesome. But mm-hmm. it, that that day was it was. Um, February of 2013, I still mm. remember it. Like, you know, moments like that are really ingrained and emblazoned in your mind. Absolutely. He just looked at me like you're a total loser. He turned around and <laughs> I don't know what it was in a moment, but that's when the awakening happened that what we focus on, we become. So whatever you focus your thoughts on, this, this is what I always tell people too. This is the order of how life works. It goes your heart first, your mind second, and your body third. So whatever feel what is ever in your heart, that intuition, that that desire, what do you want? Answer that. You want energy that is out of this world? Answer that question. What do you want from life? What do you want out of life? What is your deepest desire? What is your deepest intention? That comes from the heart. That's the first thing. And then your mind goes, oh, it's to be X, Y, or Z. It's not to do something. It's to be something. It's to be healthy. And then the mind goes, the mind picks up on that. Okay. And then how do I be healthy? How can I be this thing called healthy? How can I be this thing called piano player? How can I be this thing called podcaster? Things just start showing up. That's how it works. But it, it's the, the heart, which is the being part. Then the mind, which starts to get into the doing part. Uh, and then the body, which is the have. So be, the be, do, have formula, which is talked about in a lot of different references, which you, you might be familiar with. Yeah, it's not. We ask the question, what can I do, uh, you know, for X, Y, Z? What can I do to be a podcaster? What can I do to be an entrepreneur? The better question to ask is, how can I be a podcaster? How can I be an entrepreneur? Because then you're vibrating at that level. And once you're vibrating at that level, just things just start showing up. Oh, 
Brad, here's a coaching clinic to go to. It's free. This will teach you how to get clients. Oh, okay. Oh, Brad, here's a web thing. Oh, this will teach you how to. Oh, okay. This stuff just starts showing up, and and you know, you know which to choose from just based on how it feels. Does this feel right to do this class? Does it feel right to do this podcast or whatever? So, it's all. It's just about yeah, vibration and feeling. That feeling is critically important, and it's it's one of the best guides that we have, and it takes a while to trust it. I think. Because we yeah. have, in so many ways, been trained not to by our society, yes. by you know, yes. well-meaning family members, by teachers. You know, don't don't trust those internal feelings. Well, actually, they, they they're important to trust, but it can take a while. And that process of when it takes a while, it's a process that can kind of stretch itself out depending on on where you're at. Uh, I, I say that because I know for myself it did stretch itself out, and the stretch out basically had to do with inconsistent attention. I would sometimes be focusing on it and other times I'd be focusing on this diametric opposite, or perhaps I might be focusing on something that worked against it or, you know, something along that line. And then I oh, I'll refocus on it again and then focus off, focus on, focus off, focus on. I mean, it's that, that tennis game, right? And, and if you, you continue to play the tennis game, you can actually wear yourself out. So at some point you have to come to, to, to the conclusion that, well, I need to be consistent about this. I need to, make sure I'm staying with the thing that I love, that, that, that being portion of me, I need to stay in that place. And, and that's the challenge. And here, here's my answer to that, because I was going through that exact same thing. You use the perfect metaphor of a tennis game back and forth between, I'll, yeah. I'll call it the head and the heart. And finally, I was like, I've had enough of this, you know, how do I deal with this? You know, <laughs> I just randomly threw that question out there. And the answer that came back to me was stop listening to the voice in your head. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Stop listening. That's it. Stop listening to what's going on between your ears, between your head. That's where fear comes from, anxiety, uh, depression. Stop listening to it and start start feeling, start listening what's in your heart. And I'll tell you something else that confused me, though, and, and I'm curious to see what your take is on this, because when I was in the earlier stages of doing this podcast and learning from all my wonderful co-hosts and guests and so forth, I was struggling with the difference between the voice in the heart and the voice in the head. Yes. Telling the two apart. Because from my perspective, there's not a whole lot of difference. And it was very confusing for the longest time. I'm curious to know how you how you address and, and deal with that one. Boy, that is that is a great question. And yeah, that is it's a it's a battle to understand which voice is talking. Uh, I understand it very clearly now because the feeling, the voice of my heart is a feeling that resonates like deep here. It comes yeah. from here. And the voice of my head, I get stressed and I get a headache and I can tell it's, it's all coming from there. It, it's where that feeling is. So if I feel something and everybody knows this, I mean, you feel something in your heart or you feel it in your head. So yeah, that, that feeling of stress and depression, all, all that, that's, that's warp, that's, that's, Anchored is the word I'm looking for. It's anchored in your head, which then causes your body to respond a certain way. And then your heart has gotten buried underneath all of that. So stop listening to that. When you find yourself stressed, anxious, that's that voice in your head talking to you. Just stop, just stop listening. I'm giving the whole world permission to stop listening. You're, you're right, though. Well, we've been trained by society to act from a place of logic, um, that voice in your head, it says, hey, go do X, Y, and Z, which makes total sense. It makes total sense. But the voice of your heart is saying QRP. 
I'm like, and it contradicts what society says. I'm kind of up mm -hmm. against that right now too. And, and some things, um, but ultimately what I'm learning is you talked about trust earlier, trust and faith, trust and faith in that voice in the heart that everything will be there when it's supposed to be there. Everything will work out fine, including financial resources, um, whatever resources you need. Um, LOA is law of attraction, but it's also law of abundance. It's a, a, an abundant, infinite uh, universe. Um, there's more than enough of everything for everyone, if, if that's what we feel and believe in our hearts. Uh, and so that's that's slowly. So it's, yeah, I always like to, to say now that the, the most difficult journey you'll ever make is from the head to the heart. And to it, stop it, was, with, it took me years, actually, to figure yeah. it out because yeah. people would say to me, well, you know, listen to the message from the heart rather than from the head. But it, from my perspective, it seemed like they were both coming from the same place. I couldn't distinguish locations. So over time, I kept asking the question, asking the question, how can I tell the difference? How can I tell the difference? And I finally got a clear answer first from a co-host. And then I went inside and got the same answer and it all felt really, really good. And that's it. The, the, the key words is it felt really, really good. It turns out for me, the answer is if the information coming through the head feels good, it's actually from the heart. If the information coming from the heart feels bad, it's actually from the head. In other words, not the location, it's how does it feel? Yeah, yeah. And and that's that's a great point, too. I, I, I base it off of vibration. If I get excited and goosebumps, it's coming from the heart. Yeah. If I get stressed out or anxious or, you know, nervous, whatnot, it's probably coming from the head. So, yeah, that that's, yeah, you've, you've got it figured out, too. Well, that's awesome. Well, I, I had a lot of help because yeah. I, I struggled with that point yeah. for years. Just, I mean, I hear the same messages and I'd say, yeah, I hear you. It makes total sense. And I go try it and I couldn't tell the difference. I was just the most frustrated person on the planet because I would try it and I couldn't do it. I didn't yeah. know what to do. And I, I'm the same. And again, we're taught from society to think from our head to, you yeah. know, that voice of reason and logic, which, which makes sense. We're, we're told to follow our heart, but that's the extent of the message. There's no real in-depth exploration of that. Those, those three words, follow your heart. Um, there's no, you know, in the way society has worked, you know, you have to have money to pay the bills and, and all that stuff. You know, well, here's the job right now. Your your heart is saying, no, don't take it. Uh, but your fear factor is saying, yes, take it because I've got a wife and kids or a husband and kids, whatever. And, you know, so, again, there's that that logic. And it's hard to override mm -hmm. that, that voice of fear. It's hard to override. Oh, yeah. That's what I'm learning now is that's where trust and faith comes in. Trust and faith. I think also, like, like trust between individuals that trust kind of gets earned after a while and it gets yeah. earned by going back over and over to which which feeling voice are you listening to yeah. are you listening to the feeling voice that feels not so happy or are you listening to the feeling voice that feels better i mean yeah. that, that's my that's literally my watchword i i do check-ins with myself throughout my day and i'm asking myself how do i feel right now not what am i thinking what's not what's occurring to me not what's going yeah. on not what, what am I doing? How am I feeling right now? Because that that's feeling key. tells me everything. That's key. And that's key. And that's, that's, yeah, that's the key for any journey, whatever your point B is. So like Sam, again, with you, it's, you know, how does playing the, how does, so here's a question for you, Sam, how does playing the piano make you feel? Ooh, good question. Um, usually in pretty good alignment, which is just, yeah. And just yeah, good, generally speaking, it's a great way to channel emotion. So let me let me ask you another question. How would how would playing the uh, oh, I'm trying to think of another instrument. How would playing the I don't know saxophone make you feel? 
I actually used to play saxophone, so oh, okay. it was completely uncomfortable, but it wouldn't be, I wouldn't have the same breadth of expression, so there yeah. wouldn't, wouldn't be quite the same, but not, not bad, maybe. <laughs> well, a little, a little different feeling, though. You're more in tune oh. and vibe with the piano then. Oh, yeah. 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 You got it. Well, it's all about the feeling. Yeah. I, feeling is the secret, as Neville Goddard said in the title of his book. It truly is a secret. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there was a time, too, when I really I had bought into the, the, the societal teaching that you should really put your feelings aside, particularly if you're male. You yeah, should only yeah. be going with the logic. You should only be going with the reason. You know, yeah. Males don't fall into the, the, those emotional traps like the females do and all that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, you know? yeah. And that took a while to overcome that one. Um, but even when you get past that one, you, you have to really focus in on the good stuff, the stuff that feels great to you. That, that's one of the main reasons why here with the podcast, I subtitle it your daily dose of happy. It's actually a message to me. I mean, it's also an intention for the audience and for the guest and for the co-host, but it's a message to me. Well, remember the whole thing is to feel better. Yeah. You know, that, that's life. Life is meant to be fun, joyous, happiness, you know, feeling good. And it's, it's learning to control, learning to tap into that feeling and then exercising that feeling muscle every day, like the, the feel good muscle, the happiness muscle, whatever that is for you, train that every day. We're so used in society. We, we train our anxiety muscle, our nervousness muscle, our fear muscle, our, our, uh, depression muscle. And of course, you know, even me or you as a coach, Walt, or me, you know, when you train a muscle, what happens to it? It gets bigger and stronger. Well, let's choose the muscle we want to train. The depression muscle, we don't want to train that. We want to train the happiness muscle. So let's train that by focusing on being happy. And you've, you've, you've come a long way in that, Walt. I can tell. Yeah. I'm, you're probably a few, several years ahead of me. So <laughs> well, perhaps I'm not sure it's a race, but uh, <laughs> that's true I'll, too. Yeah. I'll, I'll put it this way. I, I have moved so far ahead of the Walt that I used to be that mm -hmm. that to me is the measure. Yeah. Yeah. So if I were to ask you, Walt, you know, who are you? What would you say? Who am I? Yeah. And I'll ask you too, Sam. Wow. That's an interesting question. I am a man who loves to love life. And that's your intention to love, be a man that loves life. There you go. Yeah. And you're very, I can tell from your reaction, you're, you're very much at peace with that answer. Yeah. Oh yeah. I love that answer a lot. Yeah. So that's, you know, you're in alignment. There you go. What about you, Sam? Oh, let's see. I'm a human being making the best out of the human experience and doing my best to enjoy and for love as much as I can in the process. <laughs> yeah. I like how you kind of got deep inside when you, that answer was truly from the heart I could tell too. So oh. yeah. My best. <laughs> yeah. What, what's the answer for you? I am a source of love, health, and happiness. Hmm. I am the, I mean, I could go deep with that. I am the, I am, I am the, the oneness with everything and all, all that stuff. But for me, it's, I am a source of love, health, and happiness. So I be this, the source of love, health, and happiness every day. And this is the neat part. Oh, well, you and I could probably talk all day, but people <laughs> ask, you know, how do I live a purposeful life? How do I live a life of more purpose and meaning? What is my purpose? Your purpose is not to do anything. It's to be something, be that light of happiness. And the way you live that every day is just be that light for someone somewhere. You have 
infinite, literally an infinite number of opportunities every day to be the source of someone's happiness, be the source of someone's smile. We've, I mean, we've heard that in tons of literature and books, and it's probably even in the Bible, I think. Ye are, ye are the light of the world, or so, somebody said that. Mm-hmm. Um, so be that source, and and that is where you live that is how you live that meaningful life that purposeful life it has nothing to do with what you're doing but everything to do with what you're being and And what we are being is a direct product of our choices about what we give our attention to yes choose who you want to be what you want to focus on yeah 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 most of us focus on what we don't want and what we don't want to be i I get that I, yeah, I can't imagine if I'm in a room with a thousand people and I ask, okay, who here wants to be depressed that people are going to raise their hand? <laughs> who here wants to be nervous or anxious or have fear? I, I can't imagine in that situation, that, oh, oh, me, me, I want to be depressed. You know, <laughs> I just can't imagine that. But if you ask who here wants to be happy, who here wants more peace, exactly as you said, uh, Walt, um, to be that man that is that is living a life of peace. I can't imagine anyone, you know, if I asked that, who wants to be, a, a, you know, the source of peace or whatever, that everybody's hand would go up. But and, so, yet the, and yet the reality is, if you do ask, I'm sure you've done this too. If you ask an audience that, you'll get some half-hearted hands going up. It, it won't be the entire audience. It'll be part of the audience. And, well, yeah, I guess maybe I'll volunteer for that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And there's always, well, he raised their hand, so I'm going to raise my hand. Yeah, and, right. <laughs> and, and all of that stuff, too. But, no, it, to live a life of purpose and, and happiness and meaning, just be that source. Mm-hmm. Pick a source. Pick, pick, pick what your light is. Your light could be peace, love, joy, whatever. And then just, just make a choice, be that thing, and then just give it away for free. And you can do that every moment of every day on the telephone and, and all that. And now I like to say that, you know, we're all a work in progress because we, we struggle. We, we go back between the head and the heart, the fear and the peace, the fear and the love, the anger and the love, the jealousy and the love, the bitterness and the love. And we're kind of hardwired from the time we're born to be more on, on the, the fear side of, of the equation versus the love side. So I guess that's what, that's what the journey entails is, is being being our true authentic selves day in and day out and strengthening that muscle more and more each day. I I think, I guess, I don't know. That's a reasonable description, I'd say. I I think also it comes down to the idea and practice of what do I put out? Yeah. Because that, that we get the instant feedback on that. That's, that's what I'm driving at here. I mean, the feedback, is, is very, very clear. You, you, you mentioned be that person who's always giving, but one of the main reasons to be the person who's always giving is that you're also the person who's, who's always receiving. Because every time you put it out there, you get it back. And, and it, it, it's almost yeah. like it's the hidden rule of how the whole, the, the whole thing works. I mean, I, I, I do the podcast because I love doing the podcast. So what do I get back? I get back a bunch of audience members who love the podcast and who love giving me love for, the, for doing the podcast. So yeah. it goes right back to me. And I can tell just as you're hosting here how much you're radiating. I mean, I can literally feel it through the, the <laughs> monitor here. The, uh, the, this day and age of computers and, and internet and all that. Yeah. I, I can pick up on that vibe. So yeah, we, we, I think it, it's just crazy. We, we listen to the voice of logic, the voice of reason, the voice of society. And we need to just start listening to the voice of our hearts. And that's. Well, I think that's why we have these breaking points. These, uh, for me, the point was the 2008 financial crisis. I, I, I had nothing to do with real estate, nothing to do with mortgages. My business was collateral damage. 
within you know the context of that of that whole financial crisis because my clientele were all very small nonprofit organizations and nobody gets oh. to a nonprofit organization during a financial crisis. So my clientele <laughs> went poof instantly, yep. which is terrifying. Let me tell you. <laughs> yeah. and, and when you go through something like that, all of a sudden you're faced with a whole lot of hardcore realities. And how am I going to deal with those realities? And what, what, what's my response going to be those? And up until that point in time, everything I had done, I had done through the reason and logic we've been talking about. And the reason and logic let me down. The reason and logic let me down. That was probably the biggest part of the of learning moment. That's huge. Recognizing yeah. that that the rule of thumb that I had been followed that I, I had been following the rule that had been taught to me from yeah. the very youngest age. I had yep. done exactly what they told me to do, and it yeah. failed. Yeah, me too. Me, I lost my house in in the the economic downturn of twenty eight. My okay. house was foreclosed on. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. I, Go, go, go to college, get a good job, buy a house. Everything will be fine. Uh, no, Baloney. not only did I lose my house, I still had all that debt from college. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, that, that's just fun, right? <laughs> oh, here's some more debt to go along with all that pain and agony you're going through. <laughs> so let me ask you this, Walt, from your, your journey and your experience. So back to 2008, looking back at that right. now, so we're what, 14 years ago or something. Yeah. Would you have called that event in your life an opportunity, a blessing, or how would you, how would you would look I at call that it, now? Would I have called it that then, or would I call it that now? Would you call it that now? Oh, now, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Then it was an absolute, you know, pain in the butt. Yeah. It was, it, well, it's worse than that. It was terrifying. Yeah. And, 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 I think, and it, it also seemed pointless, by the way. And I think that's key that every event happens in our life is actually a blessing that's leading us to something greater. We don't see it in the moment. We can learn to see it in the moment. Oh, this is uh, okay. I'm losing my house. This is actually an opportunity. I, I won't go into that, but it actually losing my house has opened up a plethora of opportunities for me that I didn't know existed that I never even thought about. So when you're in, in the fire, um, relax, let go. You're being you're being guided to something higher, something greater. There's there. It's an absolute opportunity. There, I'm starting to look at life as there's no such thing as a challenge. There's only opportunities to become an even better version of you, mm. so to speak. And you know, I'll just share a personal event. I'm being audited right now by the IRS. You know, who wants that? You know, again, I'm in the audit. Okay, raise your hand. Who here wants to be audited by the IRS? You know, what a wonderful opportunity. You know, I'm smiling because it, it's shaping this, this event, this opportunity of being audited by the IRS. I, I wish I would have known this during my divorce and losing my house and all that. I would, I would still might have some hair today or something. <laughs> um, but what a wonderful blessing. What a wonderful opportunity to be audited by the IRS because it allows me to become even stronger in who I am and my happiness muscle, my faith muscle, my trust muscles, that everything is working out perfectly, that everything is going to happen just fine and all that. And I don't know what the outcome of, of the audit will be if I wind up owing money or a bunch of money or nothing. My, my, my focus is on, you know, everything's going to be just fine. But whatever happens, I know it's for my highest good now. And somehow, some way, you know, the money will be there or something, or, you know, I just know it'll all work out. And so it's learning to, to shift away from that fear to that, that love and that trust. I mean, yeah, who wants to be audited by the IRS? Okay. Show of hands. Raise your hand. Yeah. Not too many people. No. 
Yeah. <laughs> not on the high, not high on people's bucket list. That's yeah. Really yeah. I can't imagine that. So, but the point is what you learned from your experience and, and Sam, we can ask you what, what, you know, what, what experiences that you had in your life that you look back on now and say, Oh, wow, what an opportunity that was, or what a blessing that was, but everything is an opportunity to grow and become, you know, we're, 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 we're beings. We're not human doings. We're human beings. Mm. You know, so to say, we're, we're here to be, we're not here to do the doing comes second, not first. We've got that reversed. What will you do today, Brad? What can you do? What can I do? It's not, no, it's who can I be? How can I be? That's always a great question. So Sam, what, when you hear that question, what thought comes to your mind? Um, I remember my first, like somewhat awakening the idea of like law of attraction, everything happened after like almost four years ago, getting scammed out of all of my money um, and like feeling destitute and heartbroken and everything. Somehow, I think I, I don't remember how it came up, but I saw something on YouTube about law of attraction and then that, that, and then like learning that we're all connection or extensions of source and everything. And that was just like, kind of like just broke open this whole breadth of ideology that I had never thought of before and everything. And then eventually that led me to um, Scream of David and Ty and everything. But just, yeah, getting to this, um, eventually adopting this belief system or this system of operation, which is very much in resonance what you were describing just now of just trusting things um, will work out rather than hammering and just allowing things to flow in. And, and like, I had to raise my vibration quite a bit um, through systematic detuning of things all sorts of stuff. I don't need to necessarily get into it. I'm in full, but definitely um, just raising my vibration, trusting the process, and um, finding appreciation rather than demonizing the progressive aspects of life. We're, we're, we're getting at cutting out again things, so I think it's because I, no, you, need I, another mic you need that microphone. I think it's what's going I on there. But... I turn the air conditioner on. Is this better? Oh, that is better. Yeah. I I was getting hot, so I turned the AC on because I hadn't talked in a while. But yeah, oh, that's um, what it was. Ah, sorry about that. Okay, let me let's do a cliff note version. Yeah, of yeah. Basically, like after experiencing some, like getting scammed out of all my money, um, it was the trigger. But then I kind of happened upon some. Um, it was a manifestationist, some information, basic law of attraction, and um, you know, spirituality, the idea of we're all extensions of source and everything. And that eventually kind of led to, um, took me to a place that had more of a structured way of learning all of this, um, Taya. And then from there, just kind of learning to appreciate transgressors and triggers and instead of demonizing them and just releasing a lot of that negative energy and getting to a place, uh, eventually raising my vibration and enough to a place where I genuinely can trust that things are going to work out. Like a lot like, a lot like what you were saying earlier, like what your mind, your whole mindset of your IRS experience actually resonated with me quite a bit because of that. That's very cool. I like that. <laughs> and, and as usual, there's always a, uh, at the root, there's always the one traumatic event in your case, getting scammed out of money, but, which is certainly very traumatic. By the way, I've experienced the same thing. So we, we share that. Um, yeah. <laughs> me too. Me too. And Brad too. Okay. So all three of us. Too yeah. much, but, uh, yeah, real quick, short story. So I got scammed out of $80. I saw an ad on Facebook for a pair, for a piece of exercise equipment that I'd been really wanting. And I'm like, Oh, this is what I want. It's, it's such a good price. Like, here we go. I manifested this. 
and I went to to pay for it, and it took me to PayPal, and I'm like, wait a second, this I, I didn't put two and two together. It shouldn't take me to PayPal, but it did, and I paid the money, and never, never. This was like a year ago. I never saw the product or anything since, and I just said, you know what? That's just a tie to the universe. They needed it more than I do, so there you go. <laughs> but it's always that traumatic event, and when and depending on how traumatic it is, and Sam's case, it sounds like it was pretty darn traumatic. Um, it, it, it becomes a defining point. So you asked the question earlier, Brad, about my traumatic point back in 2008 and how do I look at that, look at it now? Um, and, and I think you asked, do I see it as a blessing? I, I honestly don't see it necessarily as a blessing. What I see it as is a turning point. I see it as a, a, a leverage point, if you will, a point of leverage where all of a sudden, because I was so focused by that event, the leverage led to like the stream of information, this, this flow of information coming to me, um, within not as quick a time as I would have wanted at the time, but it, as I look back on it, it was actually a fairly quick period of time. So, uh, you know, it certainly from this vantage point, four or five years doesn't seem like a whole lot. Then it seemed like, you know, an eternity, but now, I look back and I say, wow, the, 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 the stuff just started to flow and it flowed faster and faster and faster and faster and it all started without events. Yeah. And, and you know, it's, we could get really deep with this. Everybody wants something in life. And, you know, when I went through my divorce, I wound up getting a, a really cute, uh, three bedroom, two, two bathroom, uh, bachelor pad townhome. Hmm. And I was about two years living that. And I thought, you know what? I'd always wanted one of these. <laughs> so literally law of attraction right there, but it took the universe, you know, lining up all these different things, including a divorce to bring you what you wanted. I, I'll, I'll throw this out there for, for your listeners. We always get what we want. Always, always what we want. We just don't know what it is we want. So there's something when we experience a traumatic event, there's something inside of us that wants something else. And so the universe is lining up the stars to bring us that something else. And my, in my one case there, it was the bachelor pad. And then it, it led to a whole bunch of other stuff too. So, um, yeah, we always get what we want always. And, and I think we actually do know what it is, but we block ourselves from knowing it. Uh, I mean, I'll give you an example. Um, I've told this to the listeners. The listeners have heard this many times, but, um, between my early twenties and my early forties, I had the worst dating record of any human male on the face of the planet in that during that time I had the longest relationship I had during that time was two weeks. I mean, it was just abysmally bad. Uh, and, I can relate to you right now. Though, you can yeah. relate to that one? Yeah, okay. <laughs> I can relate to that, yeah. <laughs> Sam's putting up fingers too. So yeah, uh, it, it, it was miserable. And I didn't know it at the time because I didn't allow myself to know it. I, I can look back and say, oh yeah, I knew that all along but I didn't really allow myself to know it. Mm -hmm. I had set up a paradigm in my mind that basically said anytime before I actually met any woman, I didn't even have to meet her. It was, it was already in my head before I met anyone. Before I met her, I knew instantly it was not going to work. Mm. Which, yeah, you, you have that going on in your head. You're right. Nothing's going to work. <laughs> it's going yeah, to be yeah you're right. It's exactly you're right. What you focus on, you become. You yeah. focus on it wasn't going to work, so it didn't work. And I didn't realize that all that self-talk I was doing to reinforce that was literally reinforcing that. I, mm -hmm. I thought it was just me, you know, commiserating with myself over the fact that it wasn't working out each time. But no, I was actually setting myself up. And when I looked at it from that, it was all about the perspective. 
I, I finally gained the perspective after I met my wife and I met my wife mainly because I gave up on dating. And then a month later, seriously, I gave it, I threw in the towel. I, I, and I, I even kind of shouted at the world, like, I'm done with this. I am so sick of being frustrated. So sick of being, you know, disappointed. I'm just done with dating. I'll, I'll be a bachelor the rest of my life to hell with it. And within a month, one of my friends gave me a call and said, Hey, I've got a friend who wants to meet you. Would you mind if I gave you her phone number? And I said, absolutely not. I'm done with this thing. <laughs> But fortunately, she's a therapist and she talked me into it. And that's how I met my wife. But wow. I mean, I, that's what it took. I had to let go of the whole yeah. paradigm before I could finally have somebody come into my life. Somebody that's pretty special, actually. Boy, I'm, I'm, I'm where you were, whatever, 2013, however many years ago with dating. <laughs> it's funny when we stop looking for something is when it shows up. Yeah, because we, we, we give up on our all, all of our negative expectations. Yeah, yeah. Like you said, you had to let go and stop looking. That's, yeah, yeah that's, so let me ask you, how were you able to let go and stop looking? Cause I, just li- so- literally what I just said, I, I quit. I said, I'm done. Quit, I, yeah. I was so pissed. I just, <laughs> I, I picked, I picked, literally picked up a towel and threw it against the wall and said, I am throwing in the towel. <laughs> I mean, it was just, I got that literal with it. Yeah. And that, that was in March of 1998. Okay. And by April of 1998, I was on the phone with my wife. Wow. One, see how quick it happens. One yeah. month. Wow. One month. So oh. I haven't got to that point yet where I'm quitting and throwing in the towel. I need to get to that point, I guess. And, and <laughs> well, I, I think what it did for me, and it probably does this for most people, is since I, I couldn't really come to terms with the truth that had been going on in my head, I, I couldn't even associate it. I, I was unwilling to associate it, probably even a better way of saying it. Then the only way out was to stop engaging in the entire activity. So that I could, that was the only way to let go of it at that point. Because if you get, if you, if you throw out the whole activity, well, there's no point in hanging on to that little piece anymore. Yeah. And it's just, so um, only a month later, that's crazy. Oh, it was real fast. Yeah. 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 And, and, yeah. and my friend Debbie had to talk me into it. <laughs> that was the best part because I told her I quit. I'm done with this, and and she knew the last woman I'd been in, semi-involved with, and she knew what that whole situation was. You know, so she actually had a little bit of a leg up, and she could kind of guide me past what had happened there, and and you know, help me to reopen the possibility that there actually could be somebody out there for me. Um, but it was a tough go. It was a yeah. tough go, and we Louise and I didn't actually meet for another two or three weeks after that. We actually met two days before my birthday. My birthday's in May. And that it, it was a <laughs> it was a weird encounter because um, Louise had also uh, been without a partner for quite some time. She had had an event though six months earlier. Her, her cat had died. Wow. And when one of her friends at work asked her, um, are you gonna get another cat? Without even thinking about it, she blurted out, no, I'm gonna get a husband. And from that point on, she just kept putting out the word, do you know any health, healthy single males? Do you know any healthy single males? <laughs> putting out and that vibration it, and, and look, look yeah. who showed up. Uh, that, yeah, that's how this all works. Yeah. yeah. Now, what's really odd too is my friend Debbie, who introduced us. Um, my wife was a psychotherapist. Debbie was a psychotherapist. So that was their connection. My connection to Debbie was I was a swing dancer. We were part of the same swing dance community. Oh, okay. And there were a lot of people in this community, a lot of men in this community. And to this day, I, I still don't quite understand why it was that she thought of me because I'm the one she thought of instantly. She knew a lot of men. She knew a, a whole lot of men. But for I, some reason, she thought of me. I chalked that up to fate, a higher power at work. Something, yeah. 
that the two of you were just your your vibrations were meant to be together yeah well we certainly were meant to be because man we fit <laughs> it's it's really something <laughs> that reminds me i i remember i was at a personal development seminar this was years ago and and the the instructor was doing a i guess a, a one-on-one with one of the the participants there and she had all this baggage that she was carrying with her into this present day and he just looked at her and he asked, why are you carrying, why are you still carrying the baggage? And that's just like her eyes just went whole and finally mm-hmm. like you. And he's like, just drop the baggage. Yeah. And she got it there in that moment. And her life instantly, it was so crazy to, I, I, to, to witness that. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's, we carry a lot of baggage around that we don't need to. And, true. and maybe that's, I don't know, just the universe's way of shaping us more into, I don't know, that, well, next, that next best version of us, I guess, or something. I don't know, but. I, I don't think we even realize we're carrying the baggage. I think that's what part yeah. of the problem is. Yeah, I think that's huge. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. And that, Somebody that, else has to point it out to us, right? Say, by the way, you're carrying baggage. You know that, right? Yeah, that's what happened when I, that seminar that one day when the, when the leader was, mm-hmm. was counseling that one, she didn't even know she was carrying it. And then, nope. yeah, it's like, oh, put it down. Like, oh, yeah. It's a bit of a shock actually when, when you, when you gain that realization. I, I didn't actually gain my realization until after I'd been with Louise for another, you know, couple, three years, something like that. And, I, and then we were in a conversation about, you know, what it was like when we met and what had led up to it. Of course, we, we told our story to each other over and over again. So we knew it pretty well. And, Something just clicked in my head and I said, you know, I think I understand now why it was that I wasn't meeting anybody. And I told her the reason why. And she said, well, of course. I said, what do you mean? Of course, it took me years to figure that one out. (laughs) You know, what I do now that works for me, I don't know if this will help anybody, but when I'm confused about anything, I, I just I just throw out the question to the universe. I don't try to answer it. And I just wait sometimes an hour or a day to to, for the answer to come. That's like when I was hiking in the woods a couple of weeks ago, dealing with that, that tennis metaphor we talked about, the head and the mm. heart, the head and the heart. I'm just like, how do I deal with this? Because I like you with the dating, I was just so sick of the back and forth, the back and forth. It's like, how do I deal with this? Two words, stop listening. Mm. How simple an answer is that? Yeah. So just, just whatever you got going on in your life, just throw out that question. Just ask, you know, whatever your higher power is, you know, what, what does this mean? Or why is this happening? You know, ask any question you want and just be open to a, a receive an honest answer, you know, because you, you wanted it. Well, why did I want it? You know, you, you can go as deep as you want with all that. I, I ask anything. Some people say, don't ask why, but I ask why I like to know why I'm, I'm, sure, I'm not, sure. I want to understand the why behind it. So yeah, just, I, I ask, but sometimes, like you said, I, we don't know we're carrying baggage. I don't know to ask the question. This is a real cute story real quick. So I'm also studying to be a minister now with my church, Centers for Spiritual yeah. Living. Now, how did I get on that path? I was really frustrated and crazy. And so one day I just, I just threw up my arms and asked, what is your plan for me? And this booming answer just came back, minister. And here's mm-hmm. the funny part. I'm like, well, why did you never tell me that? <laughs> the answer I got, this is crazy. The answer I got, this is a true story, was because you never asked. Oh, oh. wow. Yeah, You're- I never asked, like, God, higher power, universe, whatever you want to call it. Like, what is your plan for me? I was trying to figure it out. Mm, it's yeah. already figured out for you. You just got, so whatever you want in your life, ask. Ask and you shall receive or something like that. 
Yeah. Um, ask the question. No, no question is off limits. There's no question, no matter how crazy, absurd, or even, you know, that why question. Ask whatever question that you want an answer to and just wait for the answer to come to you because it will. Yeah. All right, why, well, I'm going to follow up on that then because yeah. there is a question that I need to know the answer to. And I think some of the listeners might need to know it too. Since we're coming to the end of the, the episode, we got to ask the question, how do we find Brad Carlson? Oh, well, there you go. You very simple. Go to trainingwithcoachbrad.com. All one word, trainingwithcoachbrad.com. See, the answer came right away. You asked and you got it. I tell you, it works like a charm. (laughs) No, seriously, though, this has been great. This has been a very fun conversation. And I want to thank you for joining us on the program. And I want to thank you for the work that you're doing, helping other people to achieve the same kind of breakthrough you, you achieved with your own life. So thank you for that. Thank you. Thank you also for having me. This has been wonderful. This has been a very fun experience. Thank you, both of you also. And we can't, if we're going to do the thank yous, we can't stop there. We also have to say thank you to the live streamers and thank you, especially to our podcast listeners everywhere. We'll see you all next time here on LOA Today. Goodbye, everybody.